Hi, I'm Jim Harrington. And I'm Bill Knight. So why should anybody call us on our phone line or email us? Well, it's... We're lonely. <laughs> we're lonely and we want to come over for dinner. And if you tell us who you are and where you are, we'll Google it and yeah. we'll be there Just in time. Make sure you let us know what time you eat. But seriously, we'd like to know who you are and where you live. It gives us an idea where our audience is at. We, we have a pretty good idea that we have a large audience out there. We know this from other analytics that we have at our beck and call, but we kind of would like to know what part of the country or the world that you are in, and, and, and we don't know that. They don't tell us that. So maybe if you would, you could take a few minutes and send us an email. It would be nice because, you know, we have a broad scope view of where you are. We don't know who you are, and we don't have it... Finely focused, but it makes it uh, interesting. And also what would make it interesting is do you have suggestions? Do you have ideas for stories? Do you have things that you like and you don't like? All of those things are important to us. And the only way we know is to sit there and hear it from you. And that could be verbally, too, uh, via the phone. And you could also sit there and magically hear your golden tones on the podcast. You're saying, well, how can we contact them verbally? We have a phone. Our number is 833-538-7868. 833-538-7868. Of course, we have email addresses too. Yeah, the main mail address has always been mail at itsanotherday.com. Or you can go to uh, mail at jimandbill.com and uh, jimandbill at mail. Dot com. Let us know who you are, where you are. And these messages don't have to be long dissertations. One line would be fine. We really do appreciate you and love you for uh, checking in with us and listening on uh, a daily or semi-daily basis. Thanks. In the meantime, enjoy today's program. Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. So did you watch The Clown Show? Actually, I watched clips of it afterwards because I, I watched President Trump speak to the United Auto Workers. And do you know that it was in a building that had a limited space for people because it right. wasn't it wasn't like an arena. It was a warehouse-type situation for mm-hmm. an automotive uh, business. But they all acknowledged that there were about 10,000 people just outside the building standing outside to greet Trump. Now, what's interesting about that, you know, as everyone goes, well, he's following in the footsteps of Joe, but it was it was very well publicized. Joe decided to go to march in the, uh, the streets with the union up there because he wanted to preempt Trump, which he was there all of, what, uh, 10 minutes? 12 minutes. 12 minutes. 12 minutes. Yep. And he did <laughs> the bullhorn. Yeah, you know, with an echo behind that. Yeah, and, and that was it because you cannot upstage the persona that is, you know, Donald Trump. It's just like the Republican debates going on. I think Newsom put it best. You know, the, this is a second run. These guys are all vying to be VP. Which newsflash, none of you got a shot in hell at that. He's not going to take a single one of you. And Nikki. Where did you get that dress? Did you make it out of a, you know, some drapes that were well, hanging in the house? I have to tell you, oh they they God. spent a more time criticizing Trump than they did attacking Biden uh, in, in in the debate, which is says to me that they're desperate. Um, I don't know whether you saw much of it. You, did you watch the debate last night? Well, there, there's my point. Um, you know, I I do everything from. You know, the, the Internet and, you know, I've got, you know, cable and stuff like that. Uh, but I don't have so I don't have I don't pick up the regular TV anymore. Right. So I'm going, oh, it's on CBS. Ought to be no problem. There's the app. Oh, no, you got to subscribe. Now you got to go to your email and get this code. Well, OK, now that you got that code, you got to verify this okay. and you got to do that. And I'm like going. So what you're what saying is you, hell? you didn't see it because. Because it was on one of your non-prescription uh, subscription channels, right? You it was on something that you hadn't paid for. It was on Fox Business, actually. Why would I pay for CBS? It wasn't on CBS. It was on Fox Business. Well, the CBS and Fox Business, you have to do Fox too. 
I'm not going to pay for it. Well, all I can tell you is that, that was probably the smartest thing you've done in a long time, and that is not watching the debate last night. Everybody that I've heard this morning, and I've listened to a couple of talk show hosts, talk about how terrible, how awful the debate was last night. Yeah. Uh, they said it was childish. Uh, they were talking over each other. I do have a clip. Uh, I want you to hear, this is Nikki Haley uh, talking over and at uh, Vivek Ramaswamy. And they said, and I'm just saying with the other people who saw the whole debate, they said that uh, it would, you know, DeSantis probably won that debate if you could have a winner last night. But there's a poll that is being done right now by yeah. Breitbart Media. And Breitbart has, here's the results of last night's debate. Uh, DeSantis, 9.6%. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, 6.5%. Mike Pence, 5.65%. Doug Burgum, 3.63%. Nikki Haley, 2.42%. Tim Scott, 0.8%. Chris Christie, 0%. The winner of yesterday's debate... Donald John Trump, even though he wasn't there, at 71.77%. All right. Now, that makes my point. You know, they spent their time attacking Trump. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not going to sit here and politically advise them. I mean, I'm not, I don't have those credentials. But just from a layman's point of view, mm -hmm. you look at what Biden administration's done, the Democrats have done, they've thrown everything at this guy. Right. He's made of Teflon. It doesn't matter the crap that they throw at him. As a matter of fact, that Teflon is crap-eating Teflon and just makes but his persona grow bigger and bigger Understand and bigger. something, Bill. This He doesn't win by default. He wins because he is a more appealing candidate. Trump says the right things. Trump has a personality none of the others have. Think about it. I mean, oh, no, Ron I, DeSantis, I the more you see Ron DeSantis... The more you think he's just, ah, I don't know, kind of, because he just doesn't have the the style that Trump has. You look at uh, Mike Pence, and he, you realize what a supercilious numbskull he really is. You wouldn't vote for him if he were running for selectman. You know, well, his wife is out there doing videos now about January six, and anybody that well, did something like that should be. Yeah, you know, well, good, good luck, good luck with that. Uh, Give her another camera and tell her to go on her way. Also, um, Nikki Haley is someone who just can't be trusted, if I remember correctly, to make herself look really good uh, on January 6th or thereabout. She submitted her uh, resignation from the Trump administration because she wanted to distance herself from the, oh, the terrible violence that, uh, that happened on January 6th under the watchful eye of the Trump administration, which is a lot of hooey. She's, she, she is an, an opportunist and never to be trusted. But here's here last night in an exchange with Vivek Ramaswamy. This, right. is what, this is a little sample of what you missed last night. You'll feel better after you hear it. There's one person on this. This is infuriating because TikTok is one of the most dangerous social media apps yes, that is. we could have. And what you've got, I honestly, every time I hear you, I feel a little bit dumber for what you say. Because I can't believe they hear that you've got a TikTok situation. What they're doing is these 150 million people are on TikTok. That means they can get your contacts. They can get your financial information. They can get your emails. They can Let get me just say, text messages. They can get all of this these is things. This is very important. For our exactly party. what they're this doing. This is very important for our party, and I'm going to say you've it. gone and you've we helped China stop. make medicines in China, not America. You're now me. wanting kids to go and get on the social media that's dangerous for all of us. Yeah, you went and you were in business with the Chinese that gave Hunter Biden $5 million. We can't trust you. We so can't me, trust you. We can't have TikTok and I think that we need to ban it. You have 15 seconds, Mr. Ramaswamy. Thank you. I think we would be better served as a Republican Party if we're not sitting here hurling personal insults and actually have a legitimate debate I, I, I'm about policy. Yeah, well, good luck with that, Vivek. I mean, did you hear uh, this Nikki Haley? 
she must believe the press clippings they're handing her because she she has a, a a confidence that she can go out there. If she thinks that what she did last night, talking over another candidate with a shrill uh, sound to her voice, was a positive thing, she has another thing coming. She, you yeah, know, and, and the, mean, thing that, the thing the thing that gets me, Bill, is they don't they don't say anything of any substance. They just are nasty towards to each talk. other. Yeah. They talk to talk, and I don't like that. You know, that brings out the worst in me when somebody does that. If, if somebody gets in an argument and they don't let you get a word in edgewise, then that means they're closed-minded. She is closed-minded. She cannot sit there and, uh, you know, she, she doesn't want to hear what you have to say or think because she may as well just switch parties and be a Democrat because that's what Democrats do. You know, it's their way of thinking or the highway, you know. I could have played other cuts last night. Uh, there's, there's things with That's not well, worth it. All, all Chris Christie did was attack Trump. You know? Well, Chris, he's, he's going to antagonize, and he's going to be mad about the numbers. And, you know, he's got a friend in the media that sure shows him a lot, but then there's a lot to show there. You need a wide-angle camera. But either way, I don't see how he's going to make the cut for the next debate based on the numbers that you gave just before we got into the audio because – he is, he's he's slipped into the abyss. Yeah, he he is, and all he is is nasty. He doesn't have anything of substance. His whole objective is to destroy Trump. His whole reason for being is to attack Trump. Don't attack Biden. Don't attack the guy who really is killing our country and an out and out traitor. But attack a guy who's beating your fanny, Chris by as much as 70 percentage points. Well, let me ask you a question. When these guys lose, and they're all losers, they're all going to lose, I think they're an embarrassment to the Republican Party, to be honest. Are they going to throw their support behind Trump? What are they going to do? Well, even Trump acknowledged that uh, last night's debate was more like a job interview for a position in his cabinet. But last night, he kind of indicated from the stage, ah, I didn't see much there. I, I'm, I don't think there's much there. He, even though it was happening at a similar time, you know, they were almost uh, neck and neck, uh, and Trump hadn't obviously seen last night's debate yet. Um, I, I think that Trump is moving on from this group of people. I think he's learned. You know, if these people are uh, anxious to dethrone him at this stage of the game, can they be trusted if they're on his cabinet? You no. know, he, he trusted some people last time who were out against him, and I, I think he came back to bite him in the derriere, if you know what I mean. You know, the Dukas, yes, I get it. But, yeah, uh, I, I, uh, I don't think them. Tim Scott, maybe Tim Scott, Vivek Ramaswamy, they said, did not attack Trump. It, it is not his. He does not attack Trump, and he's a he's a smart guy. He maybe he'll end up with a. Uh, he probably will position. get something out of everybody there, and I think that's what he really wants to do. He wants to set himself up for down the road, but does he even have what it takes to do it? Who, Ramaswamy? Well, I don't know. I never I never heard of the guy until about six months ago. Uh, yeah. All of a sudden, he's kind of like a household word, a name, but uh, I'd never heard of Vivek Ramaswamy. I know that he was uh, a student, didn't come from uh, means. Obviously, he was a bright young man. I think he went to, I want to say he went to MIT. Maybe he was, maybe he was Harvard, but uh, he made a lot of money in the tech industry. I believe he almost a billion dollars. And uh, he's only about 38 or 39 years old, so he probably is the youngest guy in the stage. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think he has a future, but I want to know more about the guy. I'm, I'm tired of voting for people that I don't know anything about. You know, I, right now, uh, we're in a situation, even, even you look at guys like Mike Pence. I thought I knew Mike Pence because he was the vice president, Trump's vice president. He had to be trusted. I mean, look what he look what he did to Trump, and and you know, I, I every time I see him, every time I see P 
Pence, I think, you traitor. You backstabbing lowlife. I just can't get beyond that. You know, I, maybe, God forgive me, maybe I should, but I, right. I, I, I think of him as somebody who is uh, truly a, a, a person that cannot be trusted. And, and life. So well, I, I can't. I, you I, cannot I, be trusted. Anyway, but. I got a whole bunch of cuts. You know, we we could go on and on about the debate. What I learned about the debate was it was maybe the worst debate uh, in the history of debating. Uh, they mm-hmm. said that Dana Perino acted like she was doing a reality TV show with her questions. And one of the questions she even asked was, and I haven't got the audio for this, but I heard it, was if you could take a poll to find out who did the worst tonight and who you would like to see voted off the stage, who would you vote for? This is what she asked. And and DeSantis said, stop it. We're all here for a reason. We're all professionals. We should be treated that way. Uh, don't treat us like, and he, he may have even said, like we're on, on the island or something like that. Yeah, there was a story, a news story I saw this morning about I got up at 3 uh, that was saying, you know, who would you vote off the island? And I was yeah. like, on how stupid is that? Oh, but, you know, is the, the, you know, the older I get, the more I realize that so many people that I, I gave trust to and, and I, I defer, you know, I thought they had a reason to be in a position of authority and dignity. I Sometimes they just are lucky or they're, there's somebody who knows how to kiss rear end, you know. Kiss be- rear end, that's what they do. And, and they don't have they don't have the brains uh, or the ability. And, and I think they, like Dana Perino, she was uh, Bush's press secretary. She, if you look at what she did during her administration, uh, it was a cakewalk compared to what Trump's press secretaries had to handle. I mean, when when Dana Perino had a press conference. They were the, the press for the most part were organized and they were respectful and they weren't screaming over each other. When Trump had a press conference, his people uh, were, you know, like I'm thinking of uh, who, who did he have as the press secretary? Oh, I can uh, I can see her now. But I mean, he had several of them and they were right. all viciously attacked. You know, Sarah Sanders, mm-hmm. Sarah Huckabee Sanders. I mean, they were all over her. In, in that, uh, I mean, now you see the Democrats when they have a press conference with uh, Karine Jean Pierre, th- because they're all on the same page for the most part. All the press and and Karine are basically we're they're from, they're batting for the same team. So mm-hmm. the, the except for Peter Ducey, Ducey throws in a uh, a haymaker every so often and knocks her off balance, but everyone else kind of goes along to get along in the uh, White House press press briefing room. You know, you just mentioned a name that might be interesting down the road, mm-hmm. and uh, that's Sarah Huckabee. You know, as uh, you know, because she's what Arkansas mm-hmm. governor. Yep, and uh, she's getting. You know, she was spokesperson. She's getting her teeth uh, wet. She seemed like a knowledgeable person. Yeah, um, she could be uh, someone that could be uh, a contender in twenty twenty eight. She might be. She might be. I think somebody. Uh, I. I think we live in a an age of media. Mm-hmm. I think we live in an age where uh, appearance and you know, whether you're telegenic means a lot. It's not. It's not the oh, right. Like Newsom. Uh, exactly. You know. Someone said last night. Someone said last night that Newsom gets up every morning and as he's combing his hair, he's saying. You're going to be president someday. You're going to be president someday. He's just, he he just, you know, by the way, that the, Newsom, guy, the guy with the squirrely voice, is you know, that it? Do you know that Gavin Newsom was at the Republican debate yesterday? Yeah, I he, know that. He, he was, was there he, for a reason. He, he was in the briefing room, too, and they asked him questions. And, and Newsom said one honest thing, the first honest thing I've ever heard him say was, Every one of these guys was here vying for a job because the guy who really is going to win is Trump. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I saw that. I saw that interview. And the guy you're talking about, he walks up and you think, you know, what was that guy, uh, the, the, the little guy that was always the Italian guy, talk like this, you know? He was, he was, he was the guy that what, talked su- about. A squiggy? 
<laughs> no, I... no, no, not Squiggy. I mean, uh, the guy, he was in uh, those... Um, oh, I know who you're talking about. Uh, he was in the Joe... Mel Gibson uh, uh, movies, too. Uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pisca, uh, Piscopo or Joe Pisco. Or... No, not but, Joe yeah. Piscopo. Jo- uh, no, 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 not Joe Piscopo. It was, um, no, I had it on the oh, tip of boy, my tongue. Oh, boy, age is such a cruel thing. It Memory really is. Goes, you we'll get back to it, neck, folks. Pain in the back, pain in the knee. Yeah, but I, I know what you're talking about. The guy who... who uh, um, I want to go back to the days when all we had were pains in the rear end, and we still do. They're in politics. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'll think about it later. This is awful. You know, it's it, it, The problem we have, folks, is we do this show early in the morning, so we haven't been up all that long, so to throw... Things like that around, it's always a challenge. No, you know memory is no memory is a fleeting thing for you as you get older, you know. And <sighs> my memory goes about as far as I can see, which is not that far. But anyway, uh, well, um, I do th- you know the guy you're talking about, um, who, who you know who played that uh, that character. Uh, he was also in the uh, uh, Danny Glover I, movie. They gone yeah, fishing. I know who you're talking about. I know exactly who you're talking about. Well, yeah. anyway, the guy had a voice like that, but it would be like if he had his hair kind of golden blonde and slicked back, and I was like going, because I was in the other room, and I heard that voice. I said, what the heck? And I had to come in and look. The guy was pretty quick talking, pretty intelligent about things, and had it, but uh, uh, you're right. Um, and uh, he was talking to one person, and then I heard, uh, uh, you know, uh, Newsom uh, interviewed and he was the one that made the comment that you said and it was the most true thing that i had ever heard too from him but he is he says he's not running but he's running you know um i still wouldn't be surprised to see him in the ring i think he's one of these guys who just has to he has to run he, he, it's it's just i think he believes he was born to be president and yeah. he has to run uh, but I, I think he have, has about as much of a chance of winning uh, as I do because what you don't want is somebody who will do for the country what Gavin Newsom did for California. Because well, if you look at California, it's a mess. But he's won how many times here, which if he won legitimately. But the one thing he is doing, he's going out there, I think he's getting his sparring skills together because that's what he's doing. You know, He's trying to sit there and... Um, He's trying to be the bully of the Democrat Party. Well, yeah, so we'll see. He is he is a uh, he is a long way from the Oval Office. Although they, do you remember this happened about a year ago? Biden went off on a trip somewhere. Maybe it was a vacation because he takes a lot of those. And when Biden was gone, Gavin Newsom showed up at the White House, and somebody <laughs> saw him going in, and they thought he's got to be in there taking measurements for his curtains or something because, uh, uh, you yeah, know. Yeah, why would he be there? Yeah. he What um, business? He is a, uh, yeah, I guess when you look at the Democratic uh, candidate possibilities, though. They got nobody. Uh, they got no, nobody, you know. So I guess but, he does have a shot based upon the cast of characters, but... Uh, well, well, there you go. Who do the if it's not Trump, who does the who who's who's the who's the golden person for the Republicans? They don't have a candidate either. Neither side really has a contender. The only person you got is Trump, and you've got Biden and his failed economics and you know, Democrats. Oh, 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 best economy in the world. Yeah, high inflation, high gas prices, high food prices. You know, look at what's going on around the country. It was a topic I was going to talk about a little bit later on. All the all the looting in the stores, major stores. Yeah, you know, uh, Center City in Philadelphia. There, you know. Oh, that was awful. You know what but happened? It's... You know what happened there, Bill? There was a a white police officer who defended himself, and his, I think another officer. He had to shoot a, a, a guy who was assailing them, and he was a black mm-hmm. guy. Well, the judge and the jury, I guess, they found him innocent of all charges. They found they examined all the facts and they figured there's nothing to see here. What he did was lawful because he was protecting his own life. Well, mm-hmm. that's not good enough for BLM. That wasn't good enough for BLM. And see, and they that's the- they were out in the streets. But see, I I don't know whether they may have gone with the BLM flag. But does BLM support looting? Because they did a ton of that. 
Well, that that was my point. I mean, you know, you, you got to wonder what the heck is going on because, you know, you've got this. It's a gang of young mobsters, and they're roving the, roaming the streets, and they're going from store to store, business to business, big and small. And they're they're ransacking, breaking, doing violent things to people, and stealing, just taking outright stealing. It's like when you have a hurricane, and then all the looters come out, and they, they hit the stores. Oh, the wind blew that window down, and the TV flew into my hand. Um, <laughs> you know, it's amazing. That never happened you know, to but, me. Yeah, and that never happened to me either. But this is going on, and it's going on all across America. Do they go? Do they go to like when these groups go in and and like break into a jewelry store, and in twenty five seconds clear the place out of a hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of stuff? Do do and they have cameras all over the place. Do they arrest those people, or do they just no. they allow them to go home and and enjoy their newfound wealth? They yeah. I, I it, it, well, my question is. You know, is, is this is this part of a big effort? Is this really, you know, is this chaos maybe orchestrated and planned? Are these are these are, no, you know are they your you know, kids? Are they yours and my well, you kids? Know it's, are these illegals? You know it's planned. You know it's planned. Because are these illegals that have come across the border. But you know, who knows? Because the, no one stops them. No nobody this is stops all them. orchestrated. And uh, businesses are closing their doors. You know, you got CBS closing 900 stores because of looting. You got Target. They're doing nine in a four-state area. What is that? What's that street in San Francisco? Market Street in San Francisco? A lot yeah, of Market They say all the stores on that street are closed. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and well, isn't that Nancy Pelosi's uh, district? Yeah, but yeah. she doesn't care. She, you know, Nancy, no. you see, if she cared, she'd be spending more time uh, worrying about her district as opposed to... Uh, Trying to attack Donald Trump, but uh, that's that's Nancy. She's Pelosi. trying to save her money. That's just like Hillary. But, you know, Hillary is I, Bill. How do these people keep getting voted back in? Don't the people look around and see what the heck they've, what Nancy has done for them? Obviously, she hasn't do. done the job. Look, when she first got into office, I forget who it was that she replaced, but the woman almost sat there and handed her the coronation, saying, "Run." And I guarantee my people will back you. And Nancy got in. And so I'm saying Nancy's first election, if you look back and look at the history of it and what was said between the two people, Mm -hmm. it was a rigged election. By the way, uh, does the name Joe Pesci mean anything to you? Pesci, that's it. Yeah, Joe Pesci. See, it came off the top of my head. Yeah, dad and my cell phone. Uh, but anyway, um, I want to play a few cuts if I can from Donald Trump's speech in Michigan. Uh, right. I would love, I want to really see the numbers when all is said and done. I would be willing to bet that more people watch Newsmax and Donald Trump's speech last night because it truly was entertaining and intelligent to watch. And, you know, with all of the nonsense that they've thrown at him in the last couple of weeks, you know, with uh, trying to close his business down and things like that, um, he stood solid last night. He didn't make any real reference to what happened uh, in New York, but he he mentioned the fact that, you know, if he sneezes, they indict him. You know, I mean, the, mm, the, guy, the guy's amazing. But um, he he mentions he mentioned Joe Biden and how even he has a hard time getting off the stage. This is Donald Trump from last night. But your leadership should endorse me, and I will not say a bad thing about them again. And they will have done their job. They will have done a proper job. In fact, if they endorse me, they will have the easiest labor leadership job anywhere in the country. They just have to sit back and watch as our auto industry reignites and booms. That's what's good. They don't even have... Right? I mean, how can they in, How can they go with this guy? Can't find his way off the stage. I'm looking at these... You know, I always sort of look at stages now. I get a little... Because I say, you know, how the hell do you not find your way? So every once in a while, I'll be in the middle of the speech. I'll look, stairs there, stairs there. And I say, how the hell does it work that you can't find your way off a stage? How does that work? But he can't. 
Joe Biden is surrendering our auto industry to China, just like he surrendered our borders to the cartels and he surrendered Afghanistan in the most embarrassing weekday time period in the history of our country. He surrendered to the Taliban, took the military out first. You don't take the military, you take the military out last. So tell your UAW leadership, no problems with them. But they have to endorse Trump, because if they don't, all they're doing is committing suicide. And honestly, you don't want that to happen, because it's they're committing suicide on the back of your jobs, and you can't let that happen. The Democrats, as they wave the white flag of surrender over your future to other foreign countries, you can't have it done. So if you could speak to Sean, he's listening right now, I'm sure. Sean, endorse Trump, and you can take a nice two-month vacation, come back, and you guys are going to be better than you ever were. You don't even have to work. You know, I know historically the UAW has mm-hmm. backed a Democratic candidate no matter what, but it wouldn't surprise me if uh, this time around uh, you find them backing Trump because Trump, he really touched all the bases last night in his speech. He, you know, he essentially said to the auto workers, and it's true, no matter what kind of deal you come up with and agree to now, your job is going to be gone in two or three years anyway because yeah. because Biden has sold you out to China. They're going to be making the electric cars not in Detroit. They're going to be making the electric cars in China. China. As a matter of fact, he, the, the building that he was doing the speech from last night in Clinton, Michigan, which is about 20 miles north of, of Detroit, they, I guess, assemble the engines. Mm. And he, he he was given a tour, and he said, we, we, I was walking around the plant, and I was, I was told that if uh, Biden gets his way, this whole plant will be empty in three or four years anyway because they make internal combustion engines. In- that's the text. That's the uh, smoking gun. It's all highlighted in gray, so I it's can't hard see to read. It. Yeah. yeah, but it's the text that they have now in Congress where Joe, back in 2018, in a text from Hunter, saying China's on board. In other words, well, I'm running for president, and uh, it's the deal cut that, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, he, he, everything in an electric car of any importance comes from China. Mm-hmm. I mean, they say, and I don't know, I, I don't really pay any attention to electric cars because, to be honest with you, I, I hate them. I hate what they stand for. I don't think they're practical. I don't think they are uh, the answer. I mean, you and I have talked about other alternatives to gasoline combustion mm-hmm. engines. I think one of them was H2O. H2O. And you know what? Out in California, they actually have the stations for it in trucks. Now, you just can't get the the problem that you're going to have. Now, electric can do it, apparently. Electric can sit there and, you know, pass the big diesel trucks and go. That The engine's different. But, you know, there's there's a different makeup for the batteries, the pollution that goes into those batteries, the time to charge those batteries. Maybe it'll get better. Um but, you and know, the you, maintenance on it, you can, you can only charge a battery, you know, so many times, so many times they get a memory yeah. and they get eventually they become useless and it takes a certain length of time to charge them, no matter how fast you think you can do it. Supercharging a battery. I don't think you can do that. Yeah. And, you know, you, you look how an engine is built. Yeah. There's a lot of components that all work together, but something breaks, you can fix it. An electric motor, it's got magnets. It's, you know, got a mechanism where wires round, wound around it several thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of time. You take that into the shop. Oh, yeah, we got to sure the, the, some of that wire is melted and frayed. That's not a fix. That's a replace. That's not a cheap thing. That's the cost of the vehicle. You know, you know? they say that it it's damages the environment to take the, the uh material out of the ground that you need for the batteries mm-hmm. and then it damages the environment when you have to dispose of these batteries so they're not environmentally friendly like the left would like you to believe they are not environmentally friendly and by the way 
getting back to the assembly of these cars, the talk, mm-hmm. the talk, and the fear right now is, is if the batteries, which are like half of what the electric car is, are if they're made in China, why not just make the whole car in China and ship it over from China? That's where this is going. Biden is selling the auto workers down the drain. And, yeah. and, and what Trump was saying last night was, hey, you want to have your job and you want to have it better than it is now? You vote Trump. You want you want to lose your job in two or three years? You vote Biden. And it's as simple as that because there's no other way. That's how it's going to be. Trump has already said, look, it, I get back into office. I'm going to put tariffs again on, on uh, stuff coming in from China. I'm going to make it so that the cars have to, American cars have to be made in America. At least 75% of all material in that car has to be made in America. Mm-hmm. And those that's jobs. You know, that's common sense, too. You know, not too long ago, Bill, I can remember thinking maybe back in uh, the late 90s, as, as all of our industry was going to Asia, Japan, China, I was thinking, what are we going to make? I mean, brands that I grew up with, Zenith, Motorola, RCA, all these big American companies, they weren't being made in the U.S. anymore. And I kept thinking when I was a younger man, we can't we can't go on for indefinitely without having a manufacturing base. Exactly. Is, isn't this obvious to somebody in, in Washington that that this is not sustainable as a country. If you don't make anything, if you can't make, you know, first of all, first of all, you give up making stuff. You, you shop it out to somebody else. Okay. The factories that you made the stuff in will be repurposed or they'll sit idle and gather dust. And then the people who used to have the skills to make that product will retire, die off, you won't have the ability to make those things anymore because you haven't got the craftsmen anymore. Well, who do you pledge your allegiance to? The person that gives you money or the person that doesn't give you money? The person who gives you money. I mean, All that's, right, that's so now take in. a look at our politicians. And you, you look at somebody in Congress, which, you know, they're, uh, you know they, they serve two-year terms, but they keep getting voted back in. And... You know, and people go, oh, man, they're not really doing that great of a job, but their press clippings say they are. Mm-hmm. So are you voting for them, or maybe is the the election fixed? Did did they have the net worth that they had going into the office that they do during their term in oh, office? Kale, you know, they, uh, I hate to say it, Bill, they're thieves. AOC, she's yeah. been in five years, right? Yep. She came in out of college going, well, I got uh, she was a bartender. paper. I've got... She was a bartender. She had two to three thousand dollars in total assets. I think she had some college loans too, student loans. Yeah, she yeah she had debt that's gone. She's got um, uh, a net worth over one point five million dollars. There have been things that are reported up to twenty nine million. Right. Uh, I don't know about the multiples, but the simple fact is she makes one hundred and seventy thousand dollars a year. So paying off the student loan, just regular expenses. In today's world, you're gonna, yeah, you'll live a lot nicer, but uh, you're still not. You don't have enough money to, you know, maybe put away two or three hundred thousand dollars. Ain't no millionaire, but all of a sudden, she's got the money. The sad part and, about it is most of the, not most, but a, a lot of politicians in D.C. are like Biden. They've got some kind of a deal working for themselves where they're making money. And like Bill said, they go into office. The job pays them, let's say, one hundred and fifty or sixty thousand dollars a year, which is a pretty decent salary for most people. But they end up coming out of office, and they're millionaires. They got yeah. they got a million dollars worth of assets. Where, how'd that happen? The job only paid you X amount of dollars, but they all come out a little richer and a lot happier. Well, uh, you know, either they're they're on the take, which you know you got to look at it, or you know, we need campaign finance reform to where when you run for office and, you know, you, you've collected so much money, well, we didn't spend it, we didn't win, I, or even if you won or not, oh, it's my money, get to keep it. You know, the, come on. There's got to be some kind of control because right now it's, we're out of control. 
nobody's paying attention. You know, and, and you can't, for example, vote for term limits because the it's like having the the wolves voting against having themselves be in the in the hen house. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. they're there already. They're making the money. They're enjoying the benefits of the graft that that's available to themselves. They're not going to vote themselves out of office or, 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 or limit the amount of time that they can spend in D.C. I mean, Nancy Pelosi, she never should have been there from like 1994 or five uh, in that position. I think it was 91. She never should have been in that position that long. I mean, no. uh, 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 Diane Feinstein, heck, she's still sitting in the Senate, and they believe that she has uh, cognitive problems. Th- this is well, not, this is not uh, 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 an honest and fair way to, to run our exact. Congress. Well, yeah, you know, and they sit there and they talk about, uh, you know, we need a progressive government. That's why you need to reelect me and keep on reelecting me. Well, friends, that's the definition of stagnation. You, you want know, keep electing you, you, the same you, person over and over yeah. again. That's stagnation. You want you want uh, fresh young minds with different ideas. You want uh, novel opinions, and you want uh, somebody who's anxious to be there. You can't tell me that somebody like Diane Feinstein was happy the last time she got elected. You know, oh, I'm so glad to be here. It's run of the mill for her. After a while, she expects to to win. Uh, because she's been there forever, Mitch McConnell. My God, uh, the, the, the some of these people you can't get out of uh, out of the Senate or the or the Rep- House of Representatives. You couldn't get them out with a stick of dynamite. Well, they, they're like cancer. Yeah, they a just tumor. Hey, we got a tumor in the White House. But anyway, um, we have uh, uh, some more cuts from uh, uh, Donald. Donald was talking about the crowds last night. It's amazing. Uh, I'm sure they had more viewers watching uh, President Trump than than watching the debate. Uh, here's what he said about the people who were standing outside. And I watch you out there with the pickets, but I don't think you're picketing for the right thing. But if they endorse me, your leadership, you can tell them I said it, although I have a feeling they may be watching tonight. Because, you know, when Biden came here yesterday, they only had 11 people. I'll bet you we have 10,000 people standing outside. Right? I mean, you hear the people applauding him and screaming for him, and they, it was a Trump rally, and these were UAW workers. Right. You know? He also was talking about uh, uh, about competing for a job. Listen. It's all over television, this speech. You know, we're competing with the job candidates. They're all running for a job. No, they're all job candidates. They want to be in the... Uh, they want to tell do anything. Secretary of something... They even say VP. I don't know. Does anybody see any VP in the group? I don't think so. No, no, we're, uh, we're, that's right. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I mean, you have to understand that Pence was on the stage. He says, anybody mm-hmm. see a VP? And he, I didn't see any VPs there. <laughs> He's, hey, Mike, if you think you're getting your old job back, uh, thank you. Mike again. is not doing well either. Uh, is, it was him and Christy that are at the bottom of the list, I believe, right? Uh, actually, Pence had uh, 5.65% of the vote for uh, uh, people who thought, some people actually thought that Pence won the debate last night, but uh, it must have been people who worked on his staff. Um, yeah, I was going to say, you know, look, there's going to be the spin doctors out there. Uh, I'm I'm waiting to hear the, uh, you know, the guy is what, down to like a zero point something or other, uh, Christy? I'm waiting for the spin on that one because he says, oh, in Iowa, no, no, no. New Hampshire, Chris, he's going to be. In, the, in this poll that uh, Breitbart is running, Chris Christie mm-hmm. has 0.0% of the oh, vote. Oh, well, then, yeah, that's, you know, yeah. and he says he is going to Let whip. me put it to you this way, Bill. You and I could get that, okay? You and I could get 0.0%. We could be right up there with Chris Christie. Uh, yeah, we don't. Well, I, I think we we do a lot better than that. I, but, I would like um, to think. Uh, also, uh, Trump talked about not letting the auto industry die in Detroit. Listen, now electric cars don't go far enough, and they're just far, far too expensive, and people aren't going to be able to afford them. And the cost of operation is also much more. This is their option, though, if they want them. It's their option, and it's an option that some people will take, and I am all for them, but I will not allow, under any circumstances, the American automobile industry to die. I want it to thrive, and to thrive like never before. 
You know what so many people don't understand is how important the American automobile industry is to our country and to mm -hmm. our economy. I mean, and it has been for a hundred years, but people don't realize how much we rely on a strong auto industry. And everything that the Biden administration has done since he's been in office has been to diminish us as a nation. He has, we have lost the war in the Afghan. We have um, no borders to speak of. So we have, I think the last count was almost 15 million illegals that are in our country, which is larger than some states in the Midwest, in the West. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and they continue to pour in. And now... He's talking about destroying an industry that is one of the backbones. He's he's trying desperately to kill the oil industry in our country. I mean, well, everything he's doing is destruction of our country. Let me ask you a question here. I mean, we know the oil industry, and they've shut down a lot of wells and stuff. But that's infrastructure that's been around for 100 years, right? Now, you put new stuff in, but it lasts a long time. And in the relative scheme of things, it doesn't take up that much real estate. Now, you've seen on the East Coast, up around the New England states, where they're putting up uh, the, the wind turbines out at sea, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, all of that stuff, which everyone goes, well, you know, it's kind of an eyesore. You really can't see stuff. It's out there and at sea. Uh, what's going on is those only service 32,000 homes. And they want to sit there and use that electric offshore power wind to do the entire United States. So that means there's going to be wind turbines all around the coast. Number one, I would think that that makes our electrical grid very vulnerable to attack. Absolutely. Number two, you know, now they've created a shipping industry. A new type of ship had to be built that doesn't service oil barges. And look, when one of those things have ruptured a pipe down in the ocean, uh, it's terrible what they do in, in the oil that spills out and everything. But in the what they're also future, saying is they're also saying that to find the location to put those towers, they have to do uh, sonar testing. They have to find a, a spot on the floor that has the, uh, the, I guess, the rock foundation. It has to be strong enough for them to right. put a tower on it. And when they do the sonar, it sends signals out that, that confuses the whales, and the whales literally will beach themselves and die. You see it happening in New Jersey, uh, yeah. on Long Island. You see it happening in Connecticut and Rhode Island. And you're talking about the ecostructure of the planet, and the the whales have a big role that they play. And But we're going to go ahead and imbalance it and say that and blame it on the auto industry and the oil industry, and that's what Joe Biden's doing. Look. He's got a vested interest in this. His family's got a vested in interest in this. Pelosi's got a vested interest in this. They don't give a crap about what it does to the yeah. land, you know. And apparently, neither does Elizabeth, who's from the New England states. There, Warren, you know, yeah, yeah she's she's all for it too. Uh, so you know what? Send these cronies you know, walking. Don't you find it interesting that here's Elizabeth Warren? You know, Miss uh, Woke Left uh, Peacenik. Oh, oh, oh. But wait a you second. Just... Wait, but here you see her talking about all these uh, leftist things, and then she's over marching with Lindsey Graham in uh, the Ukraine in support a of the extension of that war. Yeah. Uh, getting back to uh, people who are advocates of stuff, Republican Senator Katie Britt of Alabama recently called. Uh, the media out and told them to, they better start covering the real nightmare that's happening on our southern border. I mean, she kind of tore into him, and mm -hmm. I have the audio. Listen to this. Guys, I would have never seen the border firsthand if this woman didn't know that I needed to see it immediately upon entering the United States Senate. I followed up with a trip with John Cornyn because they care. These people down there, Senator Blackburn would talk to them. She knew them. We walked through and we got to hear women tell us their story. And their stories are brutalizing. And to Senator Cruz's point, if you're not telling it, that's on you. Because when a woman sits there and she tells you not just about being raped, but how many times a day she's raped. When she tells you about having to lay in that bed while they come in and out and in and out. It's disgusting and it's despicable. 
Folks, you look at the number of people that have died at the border because Joe Biden has made it more and more enticing to come here. Make no mistake, this is a result of failed policies. We could fix this. We can't throw money at this and fix it. We have to actually change the policies. I looked in the eyes of CBP agents who said we're exhausted. We're not only having to be paper pushers, we're also trying to do what we did, what we took an oath of office to do, and that is protect this border. But when they tell you about finding small children who have drowned in that river or pulling a lifeless body of a woman who is pregnant with twins, it changes the way you think about what's happening. Drug cartels, guys, they have their tentacles all over this country. We need you to start telling that story. To Senator Cruz's point, they will tell you exactly how much they paid to get here. Then they'll tell you where they're going, what their job's going to be, and how much more they owe. Got it? And guess what? Just the other day in Alabama, a gentleman told me, if you will come back here with me in this neighborhood right behind you, you will see migrants who are here illegally, and they will tell you about the drug cartels coming around every other week to collect. Guys, that's not the American dream. That's an American nightmare. That's Katie Britt from Alabama. You know, it's interesting. This is a, a lady who was actually brought up in Alabama. But because of our media and because of television and the influence of television, uh, a lot of reg- regions are losing their accent. They're losing their yeah. accent. I mean, there was a time when I was a kid, if you were from Alabama, you had yourself an accent. You know what I'm well, talking I lived about. in Alabama. Yeah. But, you know, you lived well, in uh, New England states. Yeah, I know, I know. I still hear that coming out a little bit. Well, every so often when I'm, ha- when I'm half awake, I will slip into some New England regionalisms. But, you know, you don't get uh, any success in our business by hanging on to your regionalisms. You, oh, no, you had- no. I grew up in uh, Fresno, California. And if you know your history of the uh, the Dust Bowl and everything like that and all the, the, the farmers that moved from Oklahoma to the San Joaquin Valley, where I'm from, they were Oak, they were Okies, and they they talk like this, and they had you didn't get a set of tires for your car, you got a set of tars. Well, and when I grew up, hey, you, you, right around where I live now, Bill, in Pittsburgh, PA, they've got some nice little regionalisms too, you know. I you know I kind of like it. It's colorful, you know, because that was part of the makeup. Down south, and- they say y'all come back now. You hear? You know, yeah. but it, here, and, uh, here it's up here. It's yin's. Doing? It's yin's. Yeah, I, uh, yin's gonna yeah. do. <laughs> yin's gonna pick that up now, or yin's gonna get it later. Uh, that's that's yeah, a. I'm gonna rent out the garage this weekend. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I had no idea what some people were saying when I moved into this. Oh. Uh, it's like, uh, I what? <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. Hey, um, but th- that's part of the the color of the, and that's not meant to be racist, but. Well, it's just part of the character of what the United States used to be. It was a that's exactly right, and it's and we're missing some of that charm now. When you know you when during the Civil War, mm-hmm. if you saw uh, uh, some Confederate prisoners or something, uh, they, as a matter of fact, in the movie Gettysburg, they did a little scene where uh, there are three con- Confederate prisoners uh, just hanging around, and uh, one of the young. Uh, officers, union officers, walks up to make small talk, and he had a hard time understanding uh, what he what the guy was talking about. I think one of the lines was, uh, "What are you fighting for, there, Johnny Reb?" And the guy said, "From the guy from the south, fighting for our rats." And <laughs> the guy looked, "What? Fighting for your rats? Rats? Right? He meant fighting for our rights. So, you yeah. know, but it didn't sound that way when he said it." And it completely uh, threw off the uh, the union. So, but that was because there was no communication. That's what we, and mm-hmm. those those accents were allowed to flourish and grow in those I certain like areas. Them. But you I know, like but, thanks to television and the media, people and movies, people hear kind of a universal talk now. You heard you heard Katie Britt. She's a senator from Alabama, and there was a time when the senator from Alabama would stand up. And he would have a southern accent, you know. Yeah. But Katie Britt, sound, well, Katie Britt sounds like she's from Rhode Island. I mean, you know. What I mean? Nice. But uh, now we all sound like we're from Nebraska. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, everyone's Johnny Carson. 
Hey, uh, one other thing I wanted to play, Bill, before we end this, and this is going to drive you nuts. All right. But I saved it to the end. You know, uh, there's a guy, you may have seen him on PBS, because mm. he's like their go-to guy for science. His name is Neil deGrasse Tyson. Do you know yeah, who he is? I, yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. actually like him, but he's an atheist, and he doesn't Oh, know he's that. a huge, woke numbskull. I mean, he's, maybe he knows certain things about uh, the stars or something that makes him really interesting, but wait until you hear him talking. I want you to listen to his argument, to pay attention to his argument. Right. It's empty. He, he's, trying to, uh, he's trying to suggest that uh, we should allow trans athletes to compete with women. Oh, gee. And he's saying that it's... Uh, we should change how we we um, we judge these people. Maybe do hormonal tests. The guy he's the, the guy he's talking to is um, he does a podcast. There's actually two of them, uh, a, a podcast I believe from England, and these are basically comedians, but they're smart young men. And when you hear the guys with the accent talking, those are the guys who sound intelligent, and again, understand that they're comedians. And mm -hmm. the guy they're talking to is a physicist or something. This is Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, just gives me one, one more reason to lose hope in the woke left. Let's one of your functions over time has been to communicate scientific knowledge to the public. Yeah. My only point was that if who you decide is male and female in the street is a construct of 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 style and trends and what the beauty industrial complex wants you to see if that's how we establish gender then maybe some people want to be fluid within that gender. However, what I would say is that the conversation in the public consciousness has become prominent not between people who want to defend the right of anyone to dress how they want and the people who want to prevent that. The reason the conversation has become an issue is that we assign and allow certain privileges to people based on their sex. If you are female, you get to compete only with people of your sex because because females are at a disadvantage in physical competition to males in almost every sport. So I'm wondering whether the future of those sports is you don't contest gender with gender, you contest hormone ratios. Well, hold on a second. But, but the, difference is the differences physiologically between men and women are not just hormonal. Women have a different hip angle. They have different heart capacity. They have different lung capacity. I mean, there are profound physiological differences, different bone density. We've had professional okay, so athletes find, on the show so, to talk about it. I don't have a problem with that. So then you find ways to slice the population so that whatever the event is, is is interestingly contested. So, for example, I wrestled in my life. I was captain of my high school wrestling team. It would be unfair for me at 190 pounds, which is what I was back then, to wrestle someone 120 pounds. Hold on. It would actually be unfair for you to wrestle someone who is also 190 pounds, but female. Let me, let me work my way there. So, what the trans conversation is foisting upon us is the need to find ways to slice the athletic universe such that we still have interesting fair matches and is it a combination of did you go through puberty um, uh, uh, as a male and then transition? Did you have puberty blockers? Um, what is your hormone level now uh, as you, if you want to compete? So it requires more creative thought. Rather than saying no to it all, let's be creative about this. It's an unsolved problem, yes, but it's not unsolvable given what we know about human physiology. So why not rise to that occasion and solve it rather than take your older view of the world and force modern emergent conduct of people to fit that? I would go deeper to that problem. So but you don't there are have women to have whose, that question. whose opportunities are being curtailed today 
because they are being forced to compete, whether in sports or elsewhere, against people who have some kind of advantage over We're, we're in a that? transitional period, so we have to figure that out. But the, 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 the way to figure out things that requires solutions to progressive change is not to regress it to how things once were. If that were the case, I would still be drinking from a segregated water fountain, okay? Oh, let's merge the water fountains and let's, let's create the opportunities from below so that we don't even need the short list, okay? That's how I would approach this. So yeah, it, we're in the middle of solving that problem now. Figu let's figure it out together. I think uh, a lot of people would have an issue with what you're saying, Neil, is because they see women being denied opportunities. They see an unfair playing field, metaphorically and literally speaking. So fix the playing field, damn it. But, but don't, don't say it's an unfair playing field, so all of a sudden the big issue is trans women taking the slot of a woman in an unfair playing field. Fix the playing field. And you know something? The day you fix that playing field, this conversation will look completely ridiculous that's what i'm trying to tell you oh what a numbskull i'm sorry for, I, he's I overthinking to, I, this oh, no no he he's a he's truly not as smart as he thinks he is okay mm -hmm. first of all the playing field the problem it's an easy fix easy fix you have a separate category for trans you want to mm -hmm. you want to compete in certain you, you don't compete with women you, you don't compete with men you have a trans category. You compete against people who have had the uh, whatever you had. It's it's if you want to do it that way, if you want to have, but you don't allow. He says when the, the guy says, "Oh, there's a difference with their hip angle. There's a difference with their bone mass, their body mass, their lung capacity, their heart capacity." That was the guy who wasn't the scientist talking. That was the comedian. Mm. Okay, uh, DeGrasse Tyson says, "Well, we have to work on that." Wait, wait a second. No, wait, That's no, not an I mean, answer. No, it's not an answer. And I mean, you know, in, in the world of sports, there is some, you know, variances. You know, like in 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 football, when I was doing the, you know, the the stuff with the kids, uh, you know, the team comes out into the field. The first thing they did is they weighed the kids before certain games, and if they were two pounds over, well, they were viewed that they couldn't play with those other kids because they were out of the parameters, which is what DeGrasse is trying to do, you know, these parameters. There's ways to cheat everything is what I'm trying to say. We'd sit there and say, go walk around the field three times and eat a bag of Skittles, believe it or not. <laughs> you're spitting. You spit out about two or three pounds. You jump on the scale and well, it's different. Well, you know, all I, can tell you, all I can tell you what is this. What he's saying is yeah, this, dumb. This, Bill, this is, this is an issue that shouldn't be an issue. Uh, no, it shouldn't be, be. Because the answer was, you're born a guy, you compete as a guy. You're born a, a young woman, you compete as a young woman. If you think you're trans and you want to compete with the women, well, you compete in a separate category, the trans category. But DeGrasse you, Tyson wants to go through hormonal checks. He wants to have your body mass check. You know, he wants to go. Well, and, that makes him important. And did you also hear... You know, the woke left always have to remind you of their race. You know, mm -hmm. if I was doing that, I'd be still drinking out of a segregated water fountain. Ah, oh, cut it out. You've lived, sir, a life of privilege your entire adult life. You walk around uh. New York and Columbia University and those places. You walk around there like you're God, a God. Yeah. Uh, they, the, the students adore you. Oh, my God. That's ne Neil deGrasse Tyson. Did you see yeah. his PBS special? I mean, this is the type of life this guy lives. But then you hear him talk like this, and you realize, what a numbskull. Well, you know, you, you, you mentioned the word woke, and I, I got to tell you that the uh, apparently the, uh, well, the name police, they're at work again. And you use the word woke. Uh, they've now identified woke as a racist term. So oh, you're right. a racist when you say woke. Can you believe that? Of course, the Beatles' help is considered now uh, racist. You know, I mean, they're they're taking everything that they hey, can attack. These their actions are just hurting their arguments. 
the, by doing that to so many different things, they're trivializing the whole idea, you know, of criticizing a, an issue. You know, like I mean, how many things can they complain about without the come Well, on. everything they want to tear. They want to tear down society as we know it, because when they divide it, they conquer it, and they have control, and that's. In a nutshell, a reminder: we have we have a phone number eight three three five three eight seven eight six eight eight three three five three eight seven eight six eight, and we have some email addresses: mail at itsanotherday.com, mail at jimandbill.com, and jimandbill at mail.com. So know, we'd Bill, appreciate you getting in touch with us. You know, Bill, they're, they're, they're tearing down things like the word "help" from Beatles song and. They're, they're even criticizing the word woke. Before you know it, you know what else they're going to criticize? Oh, jeez. They're going to criticize you saying, Hasta la vista, baby! We're out of here! The Voice of Freedom, CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com, it has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million?